Hi, everyone. Gary Tester with Catholic Charities of Central Florida, here with our wonderful chaplain. Greetings. Um, I guess I'm the wonderful chaplain. I'm Father Anthony. It's great to have you with us. And Father Anthony, today we have joining us Kyle Osborne, who is care coordinator in our Behavioral Health Services Division at Catholic Charities of Central Florida. Today we're going to talk with Kyle about her job that goes far beyond behavioral health services. But before we do that, Father Anthony, you typically start us off uh, with an opening prayer and a reflection. Well, let's get into that then. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Loving Father, rich in mercy, help us to see the wounds of our brothers and sisters who are denied their dignity from time to time. May we refrain from judgment and envy toward others. Enable us to accept the good in every person. It is time to bear the weaknesses and struggles of our brothers and sisters. Help us help others escape the doubt that causes them to fall into despair. May the flesh of your Son, visible in the tortured, the scourged, the malnourished, and the exiled, be acknowledged, touched, and cared for by us. We ask all this in the name of Jesus, your Son. Amen. Amen. The short reading that I have for us today is from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 8, verses 2 and 3. And then a leper approached Jesus and did him homage and said, Lord, if you wish, you can make me clean. He stretched out his hand, touched him and said, I will do it. Be made clean. And so when I think of the work that Kyle does through Catholic Charities, and what we've we've been trying to focus on, the various works of mercy through Catholic Charities and other institutions of the diocese. Today we're probably looking at that spiritual work of mercy, which is comfort of the afflicted. And we see this person approaching Jesus and just saying, Lord, if you wish, you can make me clean. We could change that word clean to whole. He was asking Jesus to care for him. And Jesus said, of course I will do it. And what he did is that he stretched out his hand and touched him. That is the greatest symbol of care that we can ever see. And I believe that in many ways, this is one of the things that we try to do at Catholic Charities. We try to show care. We reach out and we touch. And by touching people, we're making them whole because we recognize their dignity. With that in mind, that I wanted to enter into this podcast today. That's really a great reflection, Father Anthony. I'm struck by the idea that I think you've captured the importance of understanding that when you change the word clean to whole, Kyle's job is one that, I mean, we'll talk with her about some of the situations she's encountering, but it's really amazing because we get folks with all kinds of issues and needs who come to Catholic Charities and inevitably they end up on Kyle's desk, and she just has this unique ability to try and make things whole, to get them into the hands of those who truly can help. And I think it's important to understand, and we've talked about this before, that's why we call our podcast Mercy in Action. We recognize that folks who come through our door are looking for mercy. And our job is to respond with merciful, with merciful action to try and help them in whatever situation they're encountering. 
and you've managed to pull from the Gospel of Matthew a beautiful verse that helps to remind us of that. So, Kyle, why don't you tell us a little bit about what you do in this role of care coordinator? Sure. So a lot of care coordination is about being that first contact for the client who's coming to Catholic Charities looking for assistance. So our telephone intake process really seeks to gather some demographic information, but a lot more about what they're feeling, the symptoms that they're experiencing, and what they need. A lot of what we do is provide connective research when we are not the right fit for that client. So we work to engage individuals and families who contact us in the services that they need to enhance their ability to recover from the symptoms that they're experiencing. So sometimes when a client is to call Catholic Charity, we may not be the right fit clinically or maybe we don't take their insurance or something along those lines. And so my job is a lot of listening to what the client needs and trying to problem solve to find a good match for that. That involves a lot of contacting other agencies to see if they're the appropriate resource, if they have the ability to accept that referral, and making sure that that's the right fit for the client. You know, it it strikes me, Father Anthony, I heard Kyle use a word that you used in a reflection on our morning prayer for Catholic Charity staff earlier this week, and that was listen. And Kyle, what I heard you say was when when people call and, and are seeking help, you said what we do is listen, and then from there you take the next steps. And, Father Anthony, it, it reminds me exactly of what you're constantly stressing to us through your reflections and your, your spiritual guidance for the agency. Our first call is to listen. Yeah, definitely. And we keep using that word first. So, in a sense, Catholic Charity seems to be, you know, a first responders, the first persons that come in contact with persons who come to us, and yes. Yeah, the very first thing that we do is listen, because by listening, it means that we're not jumping to, to any kind of judgment. And Kyle, I think you do that so well. Thank you, Father Anthony. I do my best. Well, and it strikes me again, going back to your gospel today, the, the scripture verse that you chose for us, Father Anthony, if you think about it literally, the leper, you know, says, Lord, if you will it, I can be made clean. And Jesus doesn't respond by immediately making him clean. He responds by saying, I do. And that means he yeah. had to hear what the gentleman was asking for. And that's, Kyle, where we find you in ministry. Now, explain to folks what the Behavioral Health Services Division does, Kyle, because that's where your, your role formally sits. But you deal with situations that have nothing to do with behavioral health, and that's part of the fascination I have with the work that you do that I want to talk about today. But tell them how this position came into being. Yeah, so our Behavioral Health Services Program offers a couple of different aspects of care. We really seek to help to increase education and decrease stigma surrounding mental health. And so we offer counseling services at Catholic Charities, and we offer community education courses like Mental Health First Aid to help people have a better awareness of what it means to struggle with a mental health challenge what it means to be diagnosed with something like depression or anxiety, and how we can better serve those who struggle and accept them as they are and get them the help that they need. And one of the things that happened when the program opened was Catherine and Jen, our program director and program director of healthcare services, noticed that there were some times that we were just not able to serve these people because we didn't have what they needed. And part of being a trauma-informed agency and taking a trauma-informed approach to help people who are struggling deal with what they are dealing with is to be a warm handoff and not just to say to clients, we cannot help you. 
but say, we cannot help you, but here is who can. And a lot of times that's really encouraging to our clients because we found that many of them have contacted several other agencies before they got to us. And many of them come to our doors discouraged and scared and in a lot of pain. And so we try to make sure that we can take a lot of the stress out of the situation for them and do that research so that they're not having to call 10 providers to figure out what's the right fit for them. So we try to make our best recommendations so that they can sort of sit there and wait for us to say, here's what we think would be a good fit. And then a lot of times that works out to be a good fit, and sometimes it doesn't. But when it doesn't, we always offer appropriate follow-up and alternative referrals. Thank you for sharing that. One of the things we've always talked about at Catholic Charities is that we don't ever want to be a dead end for anyone. And it sounds like the way your position has evolved is you're our solution to trying not to be a dead end for anyone. Yes. A lot of times we refer to that as the no wrong door approach. So we sometimes joke in our department that calls will come into reception and people aren't really sure where they should go and they end up at my desk. But we get a lot of calls with clients who maybe are struggling through something that involves a high level of stress or trauma and maybe are not seeking mental health care, but the stress is surrounding the need for housing because they're about to be evicted or the need for financial assistance to pay for prescription medications that are life-saving and things like that. So we see a lot of different situations that are in a way connected because clients feel this level of crisis during the time that they contact us but it may not necessarily be directly related to a need for mental health care. Kyle mentioned something about the mental health first aid. Is this just something that's done for the people at Catholic Charities, or is there a way that people who do not belong to Catholic Charities can become a part of getting into understanding this mental health first aid? So it's both. We offer it for both staff and the community. We're able to go into parishes and into schools, We've worked well with the Diocese of Orlando Catholic Schools to bring it to their school staff. And we offer trainings that are eight-hour courses for adults who work with adults and adults who work with youth to help them understand how to respond to somebody who is struggling with a mental health challenge and get them to that care that they need, whether that's a crisis-level situation or not. So people who are interested in mental health first aid in the community have the opportunity to learn those skills. Very similar to the concept of CPR, but for helping someone with a mental health first aid or substance abuse challenge. Yeah, it sounds like it. And and we know, Father Anthony, and I appreciate your question about the mental health first aid, because that was a direction we never thought the ministry would take, but it's become more and more prominent. And Kyle, I'm wondering if you can talk a little bit, obviously, we're dealing with uh, the COVID-19 pandemic, and when you talk about trauma and you talk about stress and anxiety and depression and isolation, We know those are things that are affecting folks everywhere of all ages. How is your position and the division you're in, how are you guys responding to all this stirred up emotion and and all the factors that come into this trauma of, of the pandemic itself? So a lot of what we're pulling from is our training of what it means to be a trauma informed agency to accept those clients in as they are and to help them the best that we can, understanding that they may be going through what they perceive to be traumatic. One of the things that we know about trauma is that what might be traumatic to me is not traumatic to you necessarily. And so we try to understand and keep that in mind in every moment that we engage with a client. And for COVID-19, we're finding that this pandemic has become a long, drawn-out trauma for many people. There's anxiety about 
financial need and housing and food and mental health care and all of these different things that clients worry about being able to get access to during this pandemic while trying to make sure that they can keep themselves and their families healthy during this time. And so a lot of what we've done is create some guides of things that you can do to help yourself to cope with these feelings during this time of uncertainty and to also try to meet clients where they are. So one of the things that we started to offer was virtual counseling services so that clients can still be seen even if it's not safe for them to leave their home or they don't feel comfortable leaving their home. So we're trying to go to them rather than have them come to us. So that truly sounds like mercy in action because I I was just thinking how ironic if I'm dealing with anxiety created by the pandemic and the restrictions that we face in terms of our safer home orders and things, you're going to tell me that the way you can help me is through counseling, that you're going to make me come to you, which brings me out of my comfort zone. And you're pointing out, no, actually, we take the actions to go in the reverse direction. We try and meet you where you are. And of course, I'm very proud of uh, what our behavioral health services ministry does because you've adapted at every point along the way to try and help folks exactly where they are. I've heard Catherine mention that many times. You know, Kyle, I'm wondering, it's one thing to talk philosophically about the work that you do, and, you know, we encounter all these different situations and things, but, you know, to our listeners, that may not resonate. It may be, well, it sounds great, but I don't have a clue what it means. Can you give Father Anthony and I, would you share with us an anecdote or two about some of the situations you run into that aren't your regular one of the mill, this is what we do situations? Sure. I think one of the situations that we've found lately would be clients who are facing financial struggles to pay for housing. And so sometimes we have clients who contact us and maybe are at the point of stress in this situation where they don't see a way out. They don't see an escape from this pain and they don't see a solution. And so sometimes what happens is we have clients who reach out to us in this point of despair of uncertainty of what to do to move forward and how to secure housing for their family. And that brings them to this place of, I'm not sure how to go on. And they bring up this idea of, well, if I don't know how to go on, maybe I should take my life. So we have clients sometimes who reach out to us having thoughts of suicide in these situations where they just have this crisis that they don't know how to solve. And so a lot of what we do there is partner with our other ministries to try to find financial assistance and food assistance and housing resources so that we can meet the immediate need and then offer them that counseling portion and the mental health care as a secondary. Because if they're not in crisis to the point where they have a plan to act on those thoughts that they're experiencing, we don't necessarily need to contact emergency authorities or send them to the emergency room, but more meet that need so that those symptoms can dissipate for that client. And that's what we've seen a lot lately. Often we get clients who come to us from discharge from an inpatient program after being in the hospital for experiencing thoughts of suicide or thoughts of wanting to harm themselves or someone else. And we have to work to find them an outpatient program because maybe wherever they went to the emergency room or to the hospital, they didn't quite understand how to meet that client's need. And so now the client is discharged and has no ability to pay for services, but needs counseling and needs group therapy and needs to go to different services that they don't know how to access. They need to find a person to refill the medications they were prescribed in the hospital. And how do they pay for those? And how do they make sure they don't run out of those medications before that happens? 
So a lot of those situations are the ones that are the most complex, where we have to figure out what need is the highest priority right now and then fill in the blanks after of, okay, what comes second and third and so on. I appreciate you sharing that. Father, as you listen to Kyle, and we both have the privilege of working with Kyle, so we know how she can just rattle things right off the top of her head, but anything that strikes you in terms of how she discusses how she interacts with clients and discerns the needs that they have as opposed to why they think they're calling? I have seen Kyle in action at one of these mental health first aid courses, and it's a sort of the ease with which she spoke and the way she addressed the persons who were there present. And, and so we were pulled, you know, into that program that we also were getting our mental health strengthened and not just be, not only just being prepared to help others. And I believe that, that this is what is good about the way that Kyle operates. It's not just strengthening others, strengthening them, that they can truly help others out there as well. And this is what I think is so great. And we, we have to reach out to more people and, as the Pope would say, start smelling like them. I know that it, it's really rather amazing, Kyle, to hear how this has evolved because I remember when we first created your position, it was literally to try and just assist Catherine in getting folks into counseling. And then we took on the help. Uh, mental health education piece, the mental health first aid program, and began to do those trainings. And you became uh, one of our certified trainers. Uh, and then we evolved into this care coordination position that really handles just all kinds of situations. I recall recently uh, you were helping an individual who was looking for an assisted living facility for a family member. And knowing the stress and the anxiety and the challenges that can come with that, you ended up helping them to uh, become aware of resources that could help them to locate the right facility for the family member. You just do it naturally. Why do you think you enjoy doing what you do? I think a lot of it is understanding that if we can educate people about how to decrease stigma surrounding mental health challenges, that more people will get the care that they need. I so enjoy Educating people and mental health first aid is definitely one of my favorite pieces of my position because I get to be on the front lines with other people who, you know, act in many ways as first responders to people who are struggling, people who are deacons and people who are priests and teachers and trying to help them better understand how to help others. They now have the ability to go on and do that for someone else and it becomes a domino effect. And I think knowing that just teaching one person could spread this knowledge to so many others is so encouraging, hoping that our world will be a better and more welcoming place. You know, we know in Central Florida that people don't have access to mental health care, and one of those barriers that prevents them from getting care is fear and shame because they feel they're going to be judged if they admit that they're struggling. And so we really want to make sure that that stops. Well, I appreciate that very much, Kyle. You are a tremendous asset to our ministries. You know, when Father and Anthony and I began to do these podcasts, uh, our, our thought was we want to talk about mercy in action, not just in Catholic charities, but in parishes around the diocese. And I think you've given us a great example on today's conversation about what mercy in action can look like when we have folks who aren't sure what they need. They just know something isn't fitting well. Father, any closing comments? It's all about this mercy. And I believe Catholic charities will have to be on the front end, so to speak, to help to bring this message 
to all of Central Florida and beyond. Well, we will certainly endeavor to do that. Kyle, for folks who might want to get in touch with you or who might want more information about care coordination or behavioral health services, is there a phone number that you would give that they can use to reach you? Sure. They could call the main line of Catholic Charities, 407-658-1818. And then for both clinics and behavioral health, you can press 6. Or my extension would be 1069, and then we can help you from there. Great. Thank you, Kyle. Mm-hmm. Father Anthony, do you want to wrap us up with a prayer? So we let us pray. Loving Father, through your mercy, you reach out to us, offering a new chance to reflect, to convert, and to believe. Your mercy opens our hearts to the hope of being loved forever, despite our sinfulness. Free us, therefore, to let go of anger, wrath, violence, and revenge, and give us the opportunity to live joyfully in your service. We ask all this in the name of Jesus, your Son. Amen. And the Almighty God bless you all, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 Thank you, Father Anthony. Thank you, Kyle. Keep up the great work. This is another episode of Mercy in Action.